1: I pushed a Portuguese llama into a paper shredder. I have no teeth, but I can still kiss Keith. <laughs> <laughs> great.
2: My name is Keith. I love to kiss. If I can't kiss, I'll be remiss.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's good.
0: I don't have any Keith rhymes, but my father doesn't have social media. He does read the new york times so he's figured out how to send me links so whenever it's a comedy related thing so you know the the article a robot walks into a bar but can't do comedy teaching ai improv uh he said i don't think you will be replaced by ai anytime soon that's my dad this is very cute anyway i'm keith <laughs>
4: Uh, Dref, what about Dref?
1: Dref is just putting together his device. It's got a way for uh, it to, like... Hook onto whatever cargo is being like drifted away. He can just light the oil if he wants to, or if he does go the superconductor route, it's got like you know a, a place where you can put heated metal so that you could heat the metal.
4: One thing that I would really like to see because it's a question that we haven't really answered yet, uh, we, we've pointed out that feather weave is notoriously difficult to break or cut, so. How do you have to cut this feather weave in order to make alterations for it? What does that look like? So it is incredibly difficult to break or cut. The only way that Dref knows how
1: to do that is to use magic to reshape it. Like it won't – you can't like make cuts in it. But he can use some uh, divine magic to like change the properties of the feather weave so that he can kind of like mold it in a way – that suits his purposes here.
4: Okay, interesting. So yeah, like we see a little bit of that ritual and we, we see the final product. So Jonat and Travis will have lots of options for it. What about Jonat? Jonat pretty much
2: just like runs to his hammock, grabs like a bindle of things, and then goes to like leave under the staircase. He runs by the crew quarters. He stops, he looks at his bindle and he's like realizes that This isn't what you take on like a war mission. So he like runs into the crew quarters and like nobody's there because everybody's like working. And he just finds like a satchel bag that someone else is using and he takes it. He takes all their stuff out, throws it in the hammock, throws his stuff in the satchel, puts it on, and then like runs into the captain's room, kind of like looks at himself. He's like,
4: yeah. Aww. And then uh, he like
2: runs to grab some neat some nails.
4: That is the only mirror aboard the ship is in the captain's quarters. That's what I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And
0: Gable. Gable is just walking through things with Notos and Wendell. I think together the three of us have been in a lot of scrapes together. We're mm-hmm. always the kind of the more fighty ones on board. So, just going over like logistics and outfitting ourselves and laughing. This is probably the most relaxed Gable ever gets is in the preparation for war. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I also want to outfit us with masks to cover up our identity.
4: Yeah. Liz, what do these masks look like?
0: I know that Gable has a big copper mask. Very frightening. That rules.
4: Um, What is like the shape of the mask? It's like very
0: flat, very matte. It doesn't have any features or anything. It's just like flush to their face, Mm -hmm. um, to the point where like it looks almost very priest esque. And then I think for Wendell and Nodos, everyone kind of has their own thing. Like maybe Nodos has like a bunch of grease that
4: he just forms up and slathers on himself, or
0: like clay or something like that, or or something So it's like, like that. a very
4: like painted look for, for Nodos. And yeah. I I think it's probably something similar to a woad for Wendell, who's less concerned with, with hiding his identity and more concerned with looking intimidating. I do like that we get this shot of Gable with your mask. It's a shining, gleaming mask. Mm-hmm. You keep it polished and it does look like you have a halo just sort of gleaming off of it. Mm-hmm. I'd also like, you know, we've got you putting your swords in place and there is a moment as you are looking over the great sword. It's almost as if when you touch it, it can tell what you're about to do, where you're going. There is an excitement, a a desire radiating off of it. How does that resonate with you? What do you feel about that? The great
0: sword more often is not necessarily useful in battle, mm-hmm. so it rarely comes out because it's huge. It's like almost like a Final Fantasy ass, big ass.
2: Yeah, it's it's tremendously uh, large. Final Fantasy ass sword.
5: <laughs> Get <laughs> your Final <laughs> Fantasy ass sword out of here! Yeah. Your, <laughs> your big ass, ass sword. <laughs> 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 your tail ass sword,
2: man. phoenix tail ass long. sword.
5: <laughs> Get that
2: X-Potion-ass sword, nice sword, <laughs> sword out of my shop. That nice little round table, three-minute-long summon sword
1: Get that full match of Blitzball-ass <laughs> sword out of my shop.
4: You can tell, though, it wants to be
0: used. Yeah. It kind of rings a little bit. Yeah. Like...
4: Uh, bring, bring,
0: bring Yes, like a little, like a bring, bicycle bring, bring. Sword uh, uh, <laughs> I it. it's me, sword
4: And like, as you lay your fingers on it You can hear the crackle and pop of fire uh, Inside it mm. um, The rage of war is burning just behind This spiky-haired Final Fantasy-ass <laughs> sword uh, <gasps> Waiting to be unleashed This one, this one one portion today. One leg of yours, zip off pants is zipped off the entire game. <laughs> Fucking sword. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're all, three, all three of your birds
3: wear chocobos, right? <laughs> Those can't fly. <laughs> Wark, they just work, work, motherfucker.
0: Oh, uh, but yes, it's a very emotional piece for me.
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, very, <laughs> very tender moment for Liz. Very tender, very tender. Well, we all make video game references that she does not understand. Nope, not
5: at
4: all. <laughs> uh, oh, you should play those games. They're very long,
1: super long.
2: Plot doesn't make much sense. Mm. Gameplay but off uh, the charts. As a, re- you- as a
1: reference point, they're
2: very fun. <laughs> Did you
3: get that sword on the second or third disc? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, uh. Okay, last thing about Final Fantasy. VII, um when I was uh when I was a kid, we were driving across the, the to, to we were going to Las Vegas and my dad hooked up a play State, the PlayStation to like a tiny five inch oh, television yeah. um oh, in yeah. the car oh, fuck so fuck I could play yeah. Final Fantasy and I was Just about to leave uh, Midgar um, on that first disc. And my brother, I don't know why the disc wasn't in the PlayStation at the time, but my brother like sat or stepped on the case. It scratched the disc up to the point where you couldn't play it. And I couldn't get to the second disc of Final Fantasy VII. And so I didn't finish that game until like much later because like. I just didn't have it. We ended up, uh, my dad, who's a fireman, had a buddy who like make bootlegs of everything. And so we had a bootleg Final Fantasy disc one so that I could finally finish that game. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, with your fucking
1: ass.
2: (laughs) Vincent Valentine ass.
1: (laughs) You squaw lying hard, dot, 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 looking motherfucking sword. (laughs) You fucking
2: fucking gun sword ass. (laughs) Where you put all that material slots. Yes. <laughs> Alright, I'm so <laughs> done.
4: It's <laughs> night.
3: <laughs>
4: it's night above the clouds. What we, time of day is it uh, below the
3: clouds? Below the clouds?
1: <laughs> this world has three suns. Above the clouds, below the clouds. Under the clouds. <laughs>
4: Under the clouds.
5: <laughs> Under the clouds. <laughs> we can see things would be better. Weave
4: we above feather.
3: Under the clouds. <laughs> <laughs>
4: We can see miles of clouds stretched out (laughs) over an inky black sky. There are scant few stars in Sphir. There are probably like only six or seven in the sky that mostly stay in the same place. There is, though, the moon that shines bright over this landscape, making the clouds beneath look like a sea of silver. And it is through this dark night That the wings of an albatross silently glide. And on the back of that albatross, there is a white coyote with black eyes and Jonnet.
2: Real quick, are there any like particular commands? Because you were talking about, do you have like special commands or is it just kind of like whatever?
0: Uh, It's more like the confidence of saying it.
2: Yeah. And the name of, yeah, the the name of
1: the bird is?
0: The albatross is called Flea.
1: Flea. Yeah. Okay, Just a boy and his dog riding a bird onto a <laughs> ship. Riding a bird named Flea.
3: <laughs> um, and who gets to fly Anthony Kiedis? <laughs> <laughs> Your ass.
2: <laughs> Jonnet is very much just like, this is the first time that he's ridden one of these birds, I, I'm going to assume. And like, it's a lot more intense than he gave it mm-hmm. credit for. And the Flea, that's the fast one, right? Yes. It's booking. And so, like, he is very much grabbed around the neck of the, the bird. Like, he can't even, like, touch his own hands together. So he's, like, trying to grab it. But he also doesn't want to, like, make it angry. Uh, because, like, when Jonnet, like, definitely came in too hot when he was first getting on the bird. Mm-hmm. And Albatross and uh Flea recoiled back a little bit. And Jonnet, like, realized the, the error of, like, yeah. his excitement. So he doesn't want to, like, grab the feathers of him, mm-hmm. but he d- does want to be secure. So he's just, like, alternating between, like, a grip <laughs> and, like, nothing. So they're just kind of, like, zooming through, like, super high up. And where I guess we're just, like, looking for the civility to then drop down on, right?
4: Yeah, yeah I think so.
2: And then lastly, when we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. the just the mask, I thought it might be cool if, like, there are maybe, despite having, like, it being, like, a very hard uh, material to cut... What if, like, s- scraps of feather weave can be, like, used as, like – because, you know, if it's not heated up a lot, <laughs> it probably just still catches air really well. What if that's, like, kind of like the
4: parachute system that cool. we're using? Yes. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely the parachute system. So, like, like I, I feel like I, – I think it is an uncommon thing uh, okay. to have those parachutes. So, you have probably, like, one of, like, five okay. that would be on the ship. So, it's just, like – And it's-, it's up to you whether you talk to anyone about it or not. Oh, okay.
2: Well, I think when we were all gearing up, I think that was something that, like, we all kind of like established. I feel like we know about it. Jonet, he has, like, his flight mask, so to speak, is like a piece of feather weave that he's wrapped around his, his face. And so when he's ready to, like, to jump off, he's going to, like, pull it out and then use it as, like, a.
0: Cool.
3: That rules.
0: Oh, he's such a cool little boy.
3: Um, Travis is wearing a bandana made of. (laughs) feather weave that he'll just hold in his little mouth <laughs> that's great
0: <laughs> no it's wearing it like a kerchief like a good yeah, boy. yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> but when he when he jumps yeah. off and then i guess when
2: because
4: it's definitely gonna happen okay yeah so do we i assume we're, we're gonna see it i don't do i need to roll anything or <laughs> yeah I, I don't think you need to roll anything to see it you are exceptionally high up right yeah. now i i think this albatross is sort of made up for this particular mission because you've got access to magic its feathers are dyed you've dyed the underside of this bird to be inky black um Mm. that way against the night sky because there are so few stars it's almost impossible to tell that it's there but below you i'd say about uh Two or 300 feet down, and now just like less than a mile out, maybe a quarter mile out, you can see lights dancing. They okay. are the lights of lanterns and uh, engines. John, it kind of like leans back to Travis.
2: So uh, I'm thinking we, uh, we start with the highest point. Maybe uh, try and land in the crow's nest and then work our way down. I don't know if we should go for the deck of the ship. Uh, what are you thinking?
3: Sure, that works. I mean, there will probably be someone in the crow's nest that we will have to remove.
2: Right, right, right. Well, I, I just I just feel like if we go in low, well, the crow's nest guy might be able to see
3: us. True. Um, I'm happy to deal with him. Are you You'd gonna have to bite him.
0: You could have the bird deal with him.
3: Ooh. Ooh. Let's do that. <laughs> Perhaps Flea could remove him for us.
4: Okay. Hey, Flea. F- like an eye rolls up. Oh, uh, to look God. at you!
2: Uh, so, okay, so we're gonna f- we're gonna jump off uh, in a in a little bit. Uh, there's a man in the crow's nest. I want you to take him out quietly. See if you can get him away from the ship too. So if uh, he screams, <clears throat> no one can hear him.
4: Do you understand that? It like looks at you blinks with like one of those other lids Um, a little milky white film goes over its eye for a second and then it looks back to where it was flying so you think so maybe
2: okay okay well uh
4: we're coming up on the target i need a stealth roll from you. Okay. From both this of us? This is the worst part. Rolling. Um, this is going to be an average stealth roll with a blue die because you have dyed your bird. So average is two purples. Well, um, you, and I think, you, I think I'll only need one of you to do it because you both have uh, a yellow and two green, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever wants to do it.
0: Hey, Johnny, how about you do it?
2: Sure.
4: <laughs> I think they both roll it and then whoever's is better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how game work, right?
4: Oh, boy. What a good roll. Oh, um that's a that's a failure, correct? No. Uh, no, that is a that's, dis-
1: a that's a threat. So you get two successes and two advantages.
4: Yeah. That okay, cool. Rules. So I think we cut to the crow's nest. In the crow's nest we see a man who is skinnier, he's got kind of like a wiry build and he is smoking a long pipe. He's got a telescope in front of him. Next to him, he also has like a sextant and other star yes. measuring tools. Yeah, he's got a sextant. Sex he's got yeah. a sextant next to him. Nice. Where, where he's just railing, just like that zombie should be. <laughs> oh, no. um, so he's got that, but he's not really paying too much attention to them. He seems to be more lost in this pipe smoke. The smoke itself, I think, is like a little bit silvery looking and against the night i think it's got like a little bit of its own internal shine and i think there's a tiny bit of glow about his eyes that i believe is caused by smoking whatever substance is in that pipe Mm. um he's just looking out over the night fairly bored and what he doesn't see is this looming darkness above him slowly floating ever so closer in He doesn't notice at all, doesn't turn in time for the silence to suddenly be broken by two large talons grabbing his arms. There is short little time for you to make sure that he does not scream as he is carried off. I I think Jonnet at this point is going to be more mobile, so it will be up to you. How do you silence this man? And you yeah. have so many different options to do this.
2: So the way you described it, are we, am I still on the bird?
4: Yeah, you're still on the bird. He he is in the crow's nest. The bird is essentially, before it even lands for you two to hop off, it is swooping down and just grabbing him with its talons. Gotcha. So he is going to attempt to scream before he's carried off, but sort of as the bird swoops in, you are going to do something to make sure he is not hurt. So uh, as the bird... Was like making its descent. Jonnet
2: kind of like is immediately ready to go. When the talons grab him, Jonnet's already jumping off onto the crow's nest with his knife out. He's gonna slice his neck. Wow! Yeah.
4: Jonnet goes hard. War mission. (laughs) That's that's that. All right. So I need you to make an attack roll. This is against two purple dice. Uh, This is your melee attack. You also are going to have a blue die for this because you have the element of surprise here. Okay. Now, if you like, you can also move one of these little tokens uh, to upgrade your roll. This seems
2: kind of like the, f- like a make-break moment, so I'm going to do that thing.
4: All right.
2: Okay. Uh, now, what do I upgrade what? You will change one of those greens to a yellow. Sweet. Also, if I roll super well, I'm taking his pipe. Oh. Janet is having a discovery weekend.
4: Yay! Are you f- kidding me? Um, I think you are all right because oh, are these like, are those those look like disadvantages. If you, okay, yeah. as long okay. as you have like one sunburst Got it. on there. I have
2: one sunburst and two threats. Okay, so I
4: think
1: you managed to do this. You like? <laughs> I like calling it a sunburst and a threat. You're just like,
4: <laughs> one sunburst and one of the actual threats. <laughs> what, what, what are the names of the actual thing? <laughs> Not paying us any money yet, <laughs> so it's fine if we get game terms wrong. Uh, holler at me, fantasy flight. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, have your lawyers holler at me, fantasy. No, please don't. Please don't do that. Please, please, please do not. I don't want anyone to holler. I cannot go back to jail. I'm fantasy flooded. The bird swoops in, and I think Jonnet has mm-hmm. repositioned himself. Like I, I imagine, there's some sort of harness or saddle on these birds. You've maneuvered yourself so you're like hanging mm-hmm. off the front clasp of this saddle. As the bird lands, Jonnet drops in front of this yeah. person, and that's the first thing they see. Like the pipe sort of drops from their mouth in surprise. Jonnet, there is a moment where your landing is not as perfect as you imagined it you slip a bit that is going to cause you some stress because you almost tumbled from this crow's nest down to the deck below so take two points of strain but your knife moves forward and catches this man by the throat just as the bird's talons close around his shoulders it is a horrible sound, but it is not a loud one, as his throat is slit, and we can see on his jacket, which I think is a blue jacket, there is a silvery-looking insignia on the front that is just like a silver plate with a red feather laid into it with enamel. As this is
2: happening, uh, Jonnet, like he does it, but it's like you know, it it shakes him a little bit, but then he drives the knife into his neck, and then like. There's a moment of, like, him just kind of, like, processing that he did that. And then he's like, oh, no, no, So he's, like, trying to very quickly remove... Does the bird still have him? Because I feel like he would want to, like, remove the jacket from this guy before Ooh. it gets covered in blood so he can maybe just have the jacket to, so like... So
4: I think if you had had advantages on your ah, role, gotcha. you could have done that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you're a little bit rattled. I yeah, have a question. Rattly. Has Jonnet killed before? I mean, he, he very well could have. I feel like
2: Jonet is at this point where, he's like, he has had to kill before. This is something that he will very much process maybe, like, in a day or two, if mm-hmm. things go well, that like he watched a man, like, bleed
4: out from the neck. But, like, right now, he's very much and on this. Also, the red feathers have taken <clears throat> things from you and your family before. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not as though you see this as, like, some innocent bystander. This right. is a person who is part of that organization. Yeah.
2: So he's just like, shh, shh, and then just kind of like lays him down.
4: Uh, It's not even laid down because he's carried off by that bird. He's going to get dropped somewhere. Oh, man, that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) The bird swoops off. There's a silent moment where Jonnet gets to collect himself, and then the bird returns very shortly, landing on that crow's nest once more, this time allowing Travis to dismount.
3: Well done. Thank, 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 thank
4: you get down this uh, ladder.
2: Carry me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, it's cute. Well, and I didn't think about that.
0: <laughs> like fireman carry.
2: So, uh, yeah, he voice oh, this coyote. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a tiny little boy carrying a big old coyote. Mm-hmm.
2: They slowly make their way down and uh, I guess at, can I use this time while we're climbing down to just do like a perception check of like what guns are on the deck where is it Where does it look like we could get down? absolutely
4: yeah give me give me a perception check. Coyotes can weigh anywhere from fifteen to forty six pounds, so it is heavy but not overly cumbersome okay is that any kind of difficulty on that? uh oh yeah, there's definitely difficulty uh I'm going to say of average difficulty with again a blue die because you've got a bird's eye view of this situation, huh. I would like to put um,
1: a hit out on James <laughs> D'Amato, uh, $10,000. You get $10,000? No, but I'll make it work. I'll yeah, take it alone. I'll call a <laughs> guy.
0: I'll, like, I'll do it. Hey, I would like the
4: loan to kill my friend. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It was a James D'Amato? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll make that happen for you right away.
2: Thank you for coming to Chase Bank. <laughs>
4: Hey, heroes, it's James D'Amato, your game master. Welcome to the mid-roll. Let's have a little fun. Let's play a game. If you notice which NPC's voice I screw up this week, be sure to let me know and send that in in the form of a five-star iTunes review. So if you just do that, that'll be like a fun little game we play. I do mess up an NPC's voice later on in this episode, and I'm extremely embarrassed about it. Hopefully you're enjoying the show despite that, though. If you are, I've got good news. Our 2018 one-shot drive is going amazing. We've been smashing through goals left and right, looking ahead at our big goal of hitting $8,500 a month. If we can do that, we'll be able to take campaign weekly again, which means you won't have to wait a whole two weeks for a new episode. So if you like what you're hearing here, head over to patreon.com oneshotpodcast one-shot podcast and sign up to be one of our patrons. Giving us a small amount of money each month helps us produce this show and it'll help us produce it twice as fast if we hit that $8,500 a month goal. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of the people who have already backed us. Alan Michael Havens, thank you. McAfee, which I don't think is the software company. Thank you very much. Will Coaster, thank you so much. Leanne Piper, thank you. James Reifenstein, thank you so much. Peter Jansen, thank you. Colin Broderick, thank you so much. Kuma Mizu, thank you jody arthur thank you very much Berate low hard to pronounce na- god damn it god damn it sam bradley thank you very much uh don't appreciate your difficult to read name bit that was brutal but thank you so much for your support i read that for so long before i figured it out god damn it melissa robinson thank you cat williams thank you very much Lee McBride, thank you. Zachary Brown, thank you so much. Rebecca Gomez, thank you. Aaron Sweeney, thank you so much. Thomas O'Callaghan, thank you very much. Peter Gates, thank you. Matthew Gerard, thank you very much. Zachary Dean, thank you so much. And Sarah Pop, thank you. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon and everyone who's going to join us during this year's Patreon drive
2: Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com slash talk
4: to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A member FDSE. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back into the skies. <laughs>
2: Okay, so we have uh, two threads. Uh, So that's three successes and one thread.
4: Excellent. Okay. The three successes is you can perfectly see exactly who is up and moving about on this deck because most everyone is carrying a lantern of some sort. Mm -hmm. uh, So there are lights moving about below. It does not take much time for you to mark exactly how many men are above deck at this moment. And it looks like it's just about 10. There is someone manning the wheel. There are a few folks who are manning different parts of the rigging, and you know it does look like they have. uh, There was the star watcher above, but there Mm -hmm. are night watchers, you know, who are just making sure that they see anything coming from all directions. The threat is there may have been a bit of a miscalculation about exactly how many guns might be Mm -hmm. on this particular ship. you do have plenty of nails. Good. So so that is, that is not a concern. But your work may have to take you longer than you thought. You can count about 20 guns above deck.
1: Mm. Okay. Okay, so what December song goes with the montage of a boy and a coyote <laughs> nailing together guns all night?
3: I assume that there is exactly a song about that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> if you're lucky, it's the perfect crime.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's a Decembris song called The Boy and the Coyote Sabotage the Guns
4: on the Ship. <laughs> Part two. <laughs> I am a coyote boy. <laughs> coyote boy am
2: I. So I think as we're sort of like go, heading down on this ladder, I'm like taking stock of it. It's like, Travis, there's way more guns on this ship than than we thought.
3: Looks like. We're going to have a long night. Okay.
2: Uh, <laughs> this doesn't change anything. doesn't change the plan. Okay. Um, let's stick to the... Uh, so I feel like when we we're in the planning stage, like as we're doing this, it like it was probably established, all right, if push comes to shove and we can't disable all the guns, then we pick a side of the ship and disable all the guns from that, as many guns as we can from mm-hmm. that side. <laughs> so port is left, starboard right
3: stage left and stage right yeah
2: they they use stage (laughs) left and stage right um so uh so it was like all right well i guess let's touch down and um get to work on the port side guns
3: how do you want to hold these nails um i just assumed that you would be doing it all and i would be here for support and encouragement Hmm. i thought you would help in some way Oh, sure. Um, he quickly stands on his hind legs to, to be like, oh, just hand me the hammer. And then he falls back down.
4: Is, oh, right. oh, I mean, hold the bag. He is also the perfect person to keep watch because he's got night vision in in addition to, you know, being able to hide better than you. and Yeah, those
3: coyote goggles were expensive, but I think it was worth it. Uh,
2: Yeah, so I guess we just – we try and find a hole in like the traffic pattern of the the deck guards and then we just – how difficult is it? I'm assuming that it's just like we're just dropping a nail in maybe just like bam, bam to like – Make sure it's in there. Yeah,
4: all, like, really, the, a nail just needs to be secured in order to spike a cannon. The, the problem that you will face uh, mm-hmm. is how you do this quietly, which I am interested to see what ideas that you come up with. Uh, so,
2: right out of the gate, my thing is, John, It takes that feather weave, takes it off, bundles it up as, and tied up like a square as he can, and then he uses that to, so it goes cannon, nail, feather weave cloth and then whatever and then just like a tap to try and dampen the sound.
4: Excellent. Um here's what mm-hmm. I will need. Now are you going above deck or are you going below deck? I think right now we're staying above deck. We'll work our way down. Yeah. Okay. Um one thing that may occur to you is that there will be ideally if this plan goes off without a hitch a battle happening above deck, uh, which might mean the above deck cannons are not as much of a factor. Uh, so I would love if you could disable those. That'd be great. It would be. It would be really great, but you would be taking on an extra risk below deck. And there are probably are not. Below deck. Yeah, there probably no one is on watch below deck. Yeah, maybe we should go from the bottom
2: to sure. the top. Yeah. So then we, I guess, we flip that. We immediately – we find the pocket and the the traffic pattern and then we find the staircase uh, that leads us down and we try and make our way to like what we think is either the absolute bottom of the ship
4: or like this is the lowest level where there are still guns and then we start doing our work. I think your stealth roll was good enough that you were able to slip below deck without needing another stealth roll. Mm-hmm. Now that you are below deck, I think – I will need stealth roll to start disabling some of these cannons. Yeah, I think in this circumstance, uh, the feather weave. I'm going to say because it doesn't tear very easily. I think it's also going to be tough enough to dampen like the impact, so that this isn't making an overly loud noise. Yeah. So I'm going to say uh, that you have an extra blue dye on this, Johnny. I'm going to say in your coyote form. Oh, very good. That's what it, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> i'm gonna say in in your (laughs) god damn it i'm gonna say in your coyote form you have an extra yellow die so i think um when we combine your stealth rolls you are rolling two yellow and one green and this is going to be against an average difficulty two yellow one green so take away one of those greens and roll away all right oh (laughs) <laughs> okay
2: Alright so we got ourselves four, six, Five successes mm-hmm. And two threats
1: Wow
4: I think the very lowest level Of uh, this ship Like you, you have just like Climbed straight down And like we're, we're moving level between level of you silently climbing down. You can see that indeed most folks are asleep. There might be on the very upper levels like a, a, a dim lantern or two. You sort of kept your eyes out to look uh, to see if you saw anybody. You didn't, but the fact that there are lanterns on might mean that there are some men still awake. But as you move to deck three and eventually deck four, it is Deathly silent here on these lower decks. Um and the I think the cargo room like you do pass on deck three. There's a moment where Jonnet stops to like sort of crane and see what this cargo might be. It's very mm. curious. Uh but Travis I think is much more mission minded. <laughs> just grabs him by like the scruff of his shirt and then just yeah, like he's pulls like- him. Up. Keeps pulling him away. And down here, yeah, you do see rows and rows of cannons. There are 10 cannons on this lower level that you disable handily. I want to cut over to the ship. I imagine that y'all are in a position where you are able to watch through a telescope uh, what is going on on this ship. You have Mm -hmm. disabled all of the lanterns aboard your ship uh, Mm -hmm. so that you are flying completely silently. I believe you've also I think you've thrown black sails over the feather weave. uh, So that uh, at night you cannot be seen. Mm -hmm. So I think, Gable, like, you see the albatross swoop by the crow's nest of this other ship and grab this person and, like, fly out just a little bit and they just drop. (laughs)
0: Good lord, Johnny.
4: God.
0: I worry about him. Ah, he's fine. It's just, I know what it was like to be young and he takes to this life a little bit too well.
4: Ah, there are lots of people who take to this life pretty well. You're Wendell? Yeah, I imagine. You're I Wendell? hope this
0: is the same voice.
2: <laughs> Every episode they change.
0: Wendell, I want you to f- feel a certain sense when we get on that ship. Just, I want you to have a good time.
4: Oh, I'll be having a good time. You can believe That's that. That's
0: what I'm counting on. <laughs> what about you, Notos? How are you feeling?
4: I feel ready. I'm waiting for the drop. How long must we wait?
0: Until the sun rises, you know this.
4: Or
1: until we uh, get a uh, signal of, uh, uh, by the way, Dref is like eye to the um, uh, uh, eyepiece of the spyglass and is constantly scanning and surveying the the, the, the ship. Or until we get some sort of sign of distress, uh, an explosion uh, or something of the sort, and then we would, of course, attack at night, which is why we're all here on
2: Yes. Uh would this eyepiece be able to pick up I mean if you're able to see like
0: would we know that the extra guns were there?
4: Or like would oh, yeah, we be sure. able
2: to mark the ones that we've disabled with anything noteworthy? Or mm-hmm. is that overthinking
4: it? So yes, uh there are ways that you could signal to the others. Uh the thing that you'd want to avoid is it being something that the folks on that ship would notice. Uh, yeah. but if you've Think of something.
3: I right. mean, maybe we just have, like, a mirror that we mm, yeah. can, like, like reflect light. one. Yeah. Like. One.
0: Reflecting the moon.
3: Can I roll
1: a perception check to see if I pick up that? Because he's disabled the ten guns on the bottom deck. Yeah. Do I have any uh, advantage because I'm using a spyglass? Uh, yes, yes, yes. And it's
4: an average? Yep. Ooh, I think that's a failure and an advantage. So it's it's hard. Uh, one of the things that you're sort of contending with is there is no real light to reflect that off of. There is the light of the moon, but it's not exactly strong. Yeah. You can barely see the outline of this ship, and mostly what you can see are the light of those lanterns. Uh, but Gable, mm-hmm. you were at one of these spyglasses, and— uh, A chill runs down your spine as you see walking out onto the deck of this ship at night is someone dressed up in the robes of the Church of the Slain God. Mm. I want to know uh, from you guys, what do the vestments of the Church of the Slain God look like? Mm. They are pretty, I think, elaborate. This is a wealthy power in the world um, and very distinct.
0: What's a rich people color?
4: Purple. Yeah, purple.
0: Purple and red is like a pretty
3: gaudy
4: combination. That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So purple and red vestments. What are some other details?
3: Maybe not everyone, but like higher up people wear like masks that almost look like plague doctor masks. And Mm.
4: this person is most certainly wearing a mask.
2: So they're they're part of the church, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
4: This would be like a leader in that church. Now. I feel
2: I feel like their clothes kind of like mirrors it's like a more sinister version of like like formal long attire that like T'Challa was wearing in Black Panther, where it's just like it's kind of form fitting up top, but it opens up into like a more of a roby, yeah. flowy thing at the oh, bottom. Cool. And it's sort of like that deep royal, like Purple with like ooh, just like crimson
1: red highlights like
4: throughout.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So, the Church of the Slain God is what's yeah. their whole public thing? Is that just
4: God is dead? God is dead, and he died because of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like some religions that we might know, hmm. uh, but it is not a friendly or joyous thing. So. Because they're saying the, the state that the world is now, how angry the seas are, uh, the, the riling of the mariners and everything else, that is because you failed God. So I think that the masks that they wear, they're not like a traditional like mask that you'd put
1: on. It's more like it's got like a latch that like yeah. opens it up so you can see their mouth and closes it kind of like a, not like a gorget, but like. Like the mouth of Sauron kind of thing? Yeah, it's like more like a piece of armor than a mask. Mm-hmm. It's like very metal. But on the front of all of these are like big teeth but they're frowning and their mouths are bloody and like the blood is to remind you of the sacrifice of god and the frown uh is to remind you that the world is like an imperfect place with the clothing like it's
2: very like loose and flowy and clothy at the bottom but as you get further up it becomes more like adorned with metal and then when you finally get to like it
1: all caps off with like that creepy mask yeah yeah it the the big bloody metal frown basically a toothy frown uh is meant to unsettle you it's meant to look unnatural in that like no one smiles and frowns
4: and zipping back uh to the deck of the uhuru uh like this figure turns and for a moment it it looks as though they are looking right at you, Gable, and you feel like the dance of anxiety, seeing the vision of someone from this church.
0: I would also love if they had like some scent associated with them.
4: Ooh. Sort of like some terrible,
0: like either they're trying to, like something too flowery that they're trying to cover up something else, or... Sort of like, like a
4: posy type thing. Yeah. Um, along with the plague doctor thing. That's good. Did you have a scent in particular that you wanted? jasmine excellent so the smell of jasmine is thick and travis that is something that you definitely would have noticed as you touched down on the deck of this ship with your enhanced scent
0: i snap my spyglass closed and just say i have all i need to know and i think what i'd like to just start doing is passing around a really tough liquor because mm-hmm. that's kind of like our pre-battle thing so me and nodos and wendell start like pouring it out and then we hand it over to draft
4: so so yeah the, this like shots of this liquor go around uh mm-hmm. is this a liquor that we would know in our world or is this something no it's something basically ever clear except worse
0: great like mm. really really jet fuel kind of stuff
4: draft actually
1: uh makes this liquor he's the one that creates it it is for disinfecting and uh, (laughs) like it's an antiseptic thing, um, but the crew takes it and then they like do some additional things to make it into like drinkable, palatable, like they cut it a little bit. It's
4: drinkable, Uh, not palatable. No, no, no. But
1: but, but Dref would – Never, never drink this. Uh, He takes the shot uh, graciously, waits until everyone is uh, taking theirs and like tosses
4: it behind his back. (laughs) (laughs) Let's cut back down onto the ship. Uh, You finished like, nailing the last nail into the cannons below this deck. This went extraordinarily well.
2: Okay, that's the bottom deck. All right, we did it. Okay. Right on. Uh, okay. Uh, so I, I guess there's maybe uh, three, more, four more decks?
4: Uh, so, yeah, this is the fourth deck. So there's deck three, which is also the cargo deck, deck two, which is where the bulk of the crew sleeps, and mm-hmm. then the upper deck. So I'm thinking we, we clear it, we
2: uh, disable all the cannons on the upper deck. If we get to the crew's quarters, do we try and take out some of the crew before the battle starts? I know that's not our
3: job, but we'd be helping, right? We would, but we'd need to do it perfectly silently because as soon as one makes a noise, they'll all wake up and right, right, kill right.
1: us. Uh, hey, <laughs> I just love this coyote being like, "The crew will kill us."
3: So <laughs> sassy.
1: <laughs> hey,
2: Travis. Yes, um, I know we're we're on a mission right now, but have you killed in all of your forms?
3: Oh, sure, I've.
2: I've that had, bunny
4: killed somebody?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dang. I, I, yeah. I think I think yeah. absolutely that bunny kills people.
4: Yeah. I just wonder how. Just falls uh, my, my,
1: my mind is immediately going to Monty <laughs> Python and the Holy Grail, you know? Just, like, <laughs> launching
4: that, at someone's throat. That might be the vision that Jonet has in yeah. his head right now. <laughs> like, tripping
0: people down the stairs because he's so cute. Uh,
3: rabbits do carry a lot of disease. <laughs> <laughs> Intentional?
2: You're... Is your rabbit form
3: more diseased than the rest of you? Rabbits are very dirty animals. Okay.
2: Oh, I always wanted to pet me.
3: Okay. Okay. Don't. I'm, also, I'm, Travis, do you're, not immune, you're immune to
1: disease yourself, right? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You yes, probably I'm, have all I'm kinds disgusting. of nasty fucking diseases.
3: <laughs> How old are you? How old are you? 15? 15? Okay, let's get those cannons.
4: <laughs> okay, let's get those can- Wait a minute. <laughs> I need you both uh, individually to make a perception check. How hard is this? Uh, this is a hard perception check. Three. Three.
3: Okay. I'm helping.
2: Um, so mine totals out to be one threat. Okay. Oh, wait, no. Mine's a wash.
3: The X's are threats?
4: X's are failures, the little targets are threats. Gotcha.
3: And then the suns are successes?
4: Suns are successes. So that is. Just like they were in the other game that you played for (laughs) four years, Johnny.
1: Both of you got even washes.
4: Okay, so then I think there's nothing uh, that prevents this from happening. What? You move like above deck on here, moving like silently looking around. You see no torches or anything. You move over towards one of the first cannons. You're about to reach for something that you can use to spike like your bag of nails and your hammer when you feel a hand lay down on your shoulder. You whirl around yeah, yeah, yeah. and find yourself face to face with a large man. magneto. <laughs> oh, magneto <laughs> From the X-Men <laughs> And he goes Have you seen any Nazis? I'm here to murder Nazis That was Yay. a fun scene And now the podcast starts yeah. <laughs> He
3: grabs the bag of metal nails
2: <laughs> There's too much iron in your bag <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, he, uh, does, and It's a, a very cool scene Magneto is extremely cool <laughs> um, Yeah that scene rules Yeah it really does, and it's so stupid, too. Magneto. Oh, gosh, it's great. It's the best. Um, so
0: he, his name is Magneto. Anyway.
4: <laughs> he places a hand on your shoulder. You see a large Aaroner um, who stands above you by, I, I want to say, at least, like, five, six inches. I don't know how tall John it is, but, like, you yeah, know, sure. this is – this is a – Fully adult oh, man. Yeah. Uh, he's got kind of a broad build. Um, and he is wearing a, I think he's got slung over his shoulder, uh, one of those red feather jackets. Uh, mm. especially because it's summer right now below deck. Uh, it would probably be too hot to be wearing everything, but he turns you around. Oh, what's this? It looks like we've got a stowaway and you can see. His eyes are glowing with a light silvery sheen.
2: Have you seen my mommy? I, uh, <sighs> I, 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 I got on the ship when and we were in port. And
4: up. And a bad lawyer at that. What are you doing here, boy?
2: Uh, Jonnet, does he still have his hammer? Because I just want to, like, swing up at his hand and just break his elbow.
4: Yeah.
3: Where is Travis do all this?
4: Travis, I think, uh, has not been seen,
3: but I th- did not see this coming. Yeah, I think I walked a little farther ahead because <laughs> I'm a little stealthier. And then I'm like, well, here's the cannon. What it-. And then I realize, oh. turn around, and then I'll just I'll just go charging. You
4: know? I, I need you to uh, roll your vigilance. Me or him? Uh, both of you. Because okay. it, it is going to matter very much whether you both go before this person or he gets to act at all three successes oh man Mm -hmm. three successes and one advantage all right you guys are extremely lucky as this person only rolled two advantages so you have a chance to take them out before they get to act there are two pc slots and then his slot what do you do
3: i'll take the first one if that's cool
4: that's right so i'll i'll charge at him um
3: how does combat work when I'm a puppy? I'll take this one, James. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just a little puppy. Uh, uh,
4: what is your melee combat roll? One green. One green. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've, oh man, that's... boy, I can't believe you didn't give yourself. Uh, I guess you you took ranged or something, right? Yeah. I feel like I feel like your combat stats should change yeah. when yeah. you shape shift. You, I think you are certainly better. I think you can roll your ranged combat. Role okay. uh, uh, when you're a
1: coyote. J- just I like the idea of like when you are an animal, like you're like if you're a bunny, you probably have like really bad combat stats of everything, uh-huh. but you probably have like better stealth or better you know something better like stealth that, and yeah. speed
4: for sure. Yeah, so you have speed. to make four of
1: these papers. Is what
0: we're saying.
4: <laughs> I think I think I will have to make you some like cards uh, like for your various animal sort, yeah. forms. Um, but yeah, your coyote form is definitely best suited to fighting.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll do three green. <laughs> What's the difficulty?
4: Difficulty on this is going to be average, because that is the difficulty when you are engaged in melee. Oh, I
3: someone. knew that.
4: Um, <laughs> no, you fucking did And now we're remembering. <laughs> so,
3: yeah, I'm just going to charge and try and, like, take out his... Crotch. <laughs> yeah.
4: Nice. You go right for the crotch, the most lethal sort of.
3: Um, I'll, I'll go for, like, the <laughs> leg to try and disable his leg. All right. Um, no, that is three advantages and
4: two. Two threats, so one advantage advantage. advantage total. So you are going to be prevented from doing any real harm to this person, but you will have an advantage that you can pass off to Tyler. So how do you make what Tyler is going to do easier for him?
3: You know, I dive at his leg and, like, miss with my bite. But then I run along behind him. So if if you can, like, get him to step backwards, he'll trip uh, over me. the old
4: Melvin. <laughs> okay. All right. So you have a blue die to this roll, and it's a- of average difficulty. So two purple. Be aware. Your big goal is to prevent him from raising an alarm. Yeah. Um, uh, if you can take him out, great. But what are you going to do? I don't know. And in the, I feel
2: like in the heat of the moment, like, this is just going to... He still has me. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, am I like, hammer in one hand. I'm going to try and cut his throat while he's still got me.
4: Yeah. yeah. With the
2: hammer, too? <laughs> With the hammer. Flip it to the claw side. <laughs> My knife hammer. So, yeah, I've, like... He's got he's got me like
4: well let me roll first.
2: Uh, So what's this gonna be?
4: Uh, So it's average difficulty. So two purple. You've got that one blue die. You also, I will remind you, you can uh, move one of these over to upgrade your roll, change one of your uh, greens to a yellow, or you can beseech you can move one of those to beseech a luminary uh, for intervention and uh, see if that will work out in your favor, Mm, avoiding the roll entirely but perhaps getting some sort of supernatural aid. Oh. You know what? I'm down with... So I so I can continue to draw from that uh, bowl, even though I've already used it once? So, yeah, there are three left in your favor, oh. and right now there are two in my favor, and I'll be able to use these to upgrade my rolls and, yeah, you know, do all sorts of dark deeds... You know, uh,
2: yeah, let's I, I I I don't know about these mechanics yet. Let's keep going with the the
4: luminaries. All right then. So clink 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 clink. Draw your luminary.
2: And this could work this could work out bad for me too. Oh yeah, for okay, sure. Okay.
0: No. Uh...
4: But you are beseeching a luminary for me. A... <laughs> uh the perfect crunch. Oh. There it is. Yes. 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 So Everything in this situation works out in your favor. Both intention and coincidence move with you. Uh, I will just pull up the perfect crime here so that I can – Do I get to paint this? Read you. Oh, yes. You will have full narrative control over this. Um, Divination. Plans in motion are destined to bear fruit. Even if there are elements that were unaccounted for, the winds of fate have conspired to make them advantageous. This does not mean that events will unfold exactly as people desire, just that it will place you at advantage. Mm -hmm. So it might not be the vision of you like cutting this guy's throat, but something is about to happen in your favor that you have control over as the player to narrate that will make it so that you are not discovered and, and your deeds remain completely silent. Okay. What is that? Does
2: this result in this dude being dead or are we still in combat?
4: I, I think it's completely up to you. If you oh. want this dude to be completely out of the picture, uh, he can be. But things are working out for you right now. Okay. This is exactly the luminary that you would want to pull in this situation. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, he's got me. I take a swing with my knife. It doesn't work. He just like moves back a little bit. <laughs> like he's got a long neck. But then with that momentum on the backswing, I come at him with the hammer, and I hit him like right in the um, the solar cortex, mm-hmm. where you hit somebody if you're trying to like take the wind out of them. Yeah. So like I hit him right there with the hammer, he immediately expels all the air he's got, he's like... Just trying to like gas, but he's not making any noise. And in that, he drops me and trips over Travis on the ground. I feel like in that moment,
3: uh, so I think when he trips over me, he falls
4: overboard. Yeah, and uh, I think he's and gonna fall right out the window. And yeah.
3: on his way down, he's not wearing his jacket, mm-hmm. so it like it falls. So we're able to take his jacket. Yeah, it's um, a pretty far fall, and then he gets swallowed by something in the sea.
4: Oh, I mean, that's way the far below. But Yeah, yeah I mean, it happens. That's what happens. <laughs> no. It's yeah. the perfect crime. I, I, I mean, the, it is the perfect crime. So you hit him, knocking the wind out of him. He falls backwards, I think, tripping over one of these cannons. And I think the ship is going to take a light turn. Uh, the cannon, uh, like, rolls forward on its wheels. And, like, that shunts him out the window hole where where the cannon fires from. And he falls and way, way, way down. There's a splash, and then something from the sea takes him.
0: And then it burps.
4: <laughs> it burps and it does a fart uh, because we can't we can't get away from George Lucas. He's still he's still a part of it. <laughs>
3: Well, since Spit has just tucked Jonathan in for a nap, I believe I will be reading the letter. I believe
5: oh. that at, uh, at nighttime it's not uh, called
3: a nap. It's just
5: sleep.
0: Are you sure this is good procedure? Spit is
3: very particular about reading all of the letters we receive. We just won't tell him we did this one and then... It's fine.
5: Okay. There is actually a, a, a procedural chart for the designated survivor if Spit uh, is unable uh, to do his duties. Um, uh. Uh, Travis has actually guessed the correct order. Um would you like to wager a guess as to who is next if uh, uh Travis is incapacitated?
0: Oh, um, um uh Nodos.
5: It is Nodos, correct. Yes. It is uh Nodos. Um it is a uh, little little Johnny uh <laughs> Little Johnny the cabin boy uh then it is Johnette, uh then it is um uh, uh, uh gable uh there is a uh, uh, a piece of uh, sentient slime uh that lives in a beaker in my uh uh pocket, and then it is me did you put yourself
0: at the end of the list deliberately
5: uh the slime put me in my place <laughs>
3: uh now just for posterity since I don't have the chart in front of me if you could run that down again just so I can commit it to memory. Yes, absolutely. Uh, It is uh, Spit, uh, uh,
5: Travis, uh, then it is uh, No-Dose, then it is little Johnny, the cabin boy, uh, then it is uh, 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 Jonnet, Jonnet, of course, uh, from our crew who has just been uh, uh, tucked spit into bed, Uh, then it is uh, Gable, uh, then it is a piece of uh, sentient slime uh, that I keep in my pocket, and then it is me and yes, the slime. I'm, did uh, 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 pass me up on the list By putting me in my place
3: Wonderful, Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm Wonderful. quite honestly very impressed Honestly,
5: I mean... it's so late at night uh, As we have mentioned <laughs> with the tucking in I am super impressed that I was able
3: to do that
0: We're all very impressed with you as well Do you want to go ahead and read these letters? Yes, oh, I Travis, would love please. to
3: Dear Uhuru quartermaster Oh, that's me hmm. mm.
0: No one Good to refer- know Oh, It's good for me to remember
3: I'm writing to you today by fastest giant albatross to present you with a business proposal of utmost urgency. I'm a professor working on intelligence-boosting research in the far south. I was excited to announce to the university that we succeeded in building a helmet that makes animals more intelligent. We were hoping to continue this research and extrapolate into building helmets that worked on humans. They are quite distinctive in their white form-fitting caps and a glowing ball of feather weave on top that flashes when the subject is surprised. Unfortunately, our monkey subjects were able to break free of the lab and are currently scattered across the island where we conduct our research, taking the prototype helmets with them. We need these test subjects returned alive and unharmed. I'm writing to you, the quartermaster, as I have enclosed with this letter four large butterfly nets made of a special type of charged feather weave. When the net comes into contact with one of our special helmets, it will paralyze the subject, allowing them to be returned to the lab. We have heard of your expertise with less traditional procurement jobs and request that you send four of your best sailors to help us capture our escaped apes. Please journey to our research island at all hassle. Oh, it will be. The reward will be extremely generous. Uh, Some have described our compensation package as bananas. Sincerely, the professor.
5: Uh, Were the people who described the compensation package as uh, bananas aware of the uh, very obvious pun? Pretty on
0: the nose there. What with their the context of their, it's a, their
5: work. so hard you can't tell through the tone of a written message if a person is making a baller-ass joke or if they are uh, simply a happy coincidence. Well,
0: even if it were a joke, it wouldn't be that good. And- uh,
5: I disagree. It's the best joke I've ever You enjoyed heard. it? Uh, yes, I enjoyed it very much.
0: What other jokes do you like? What's your... We've been trying to figure this out for a while. We don't know how to make Dref laugh.
5: I have a joke that I am quite fond of. Oh, please. 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 Why did the monkey fall out of the tree? Oh, because it was dead. Because the monkey was... (laughs) Because the monkey was dead. (laughs) 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 Wow. Is that how you laugh? (laughs) When I'm truly tickled, uh, tickled to pieces,
3: I cannot contain myself. (laughs) Uh, I've I've got one. Oh, yes. Please, Uh, Travis. Have you ever seen elephants hiding in trees? No. Have I ever seen elephants hiding? I don't believe I have. Oh, they're pretty good, aren't they? <laughs> oh.
0: That is a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good joke. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person who likes to say that's a good joke, but mm-hmm. I never laugh. But you never laugh. No. But uh, I acknowledge the work.
5: How do you get. Uh, um, your joke reminded me of uh, another. Uh, um, how do you get down from an elephant? Uh. You, you, you do not. You get down from a goose. <laughs> to get a feather from oh. an elephant would be illogical.
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. Well, we're. I think we can officially start our Uhuru open mic. I think we've got plenty of material. Oh, here. I,
5: ooh, I would never be able to get in front of a, a no, crowd of have... body sailors. <laughs> mm. Their, ge- their jeers true. would be too much for my, and our crew is quite body. They're
0: very body, and they're <laughs> well, very mean.
5: If their tunes are any indication, the bodiness of which should carry throughout the ship.
0: Mm-hmm. So as far as this message, I, I'm sorry. This seem this seems like very much what uh, I think the the general saying is a, a you problem.
5: Oh, mm. Mm. It,
0: because I don't know. It speaks. Words and worlds to me, the fact that you are, are uh, attempting to refer to these monkeys as just your property. If they're intelligent, as you say, then I assume that they've struck out for something that appeals more to them. Uh, appeals? Also, <laughs> a- yes, another yes, yes. A yes, yes. like uh, reference
5: to a banana, which uh, is a uh, very. Uh, you you uh, can pardon. say that <laughs> those monkeys
0: wanted to split.
5: Now, are are these monkeys or are these damn uh, dirty apes? Uh, Mm -hmm. The delineation between an ape and a monkey is uh, one of uh, quite
3: the... (laughs) You you know, in, in French, they don't have a word for ape... I'm sorry? There's no French word for ape. What, what is French?
1: French?
3: <laughs> oh, come on. We um, have bananas, right. oh, but not the French all right. language. All right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
5: what, well, that is quite a leap, but uh, well, I'll humor you. And uh, uh,
3: uh, that What word, word do they use in replacement? They just say big monkeys. Really? Oh. Truly.
0: That's, that's so much more work. It's very silly. It's
3: very silly.
0: What, are, what are, are small monkeys called small monkeys? They're just
3: called monkeys.
0: Oh, so that makes—that's what we call fat shaming. These big
3: monkeys, well, these they're big, just, big enormous monkeys. They're, uh, no, they—they're they're large, not fat. The
0: enormous monkeys, the <laughs> biggest monkeys I've
5: ever seen. If I told uh, a person that they were large, not fat, I imagine that would go very poorly for me.
3: What if it was someone like Andre the Giant? Who? Okay, so it's Bananas, Friends, and Andre the Giant, those are the... You crew. know, Andre the Giant, the large man on our crew. Ah, uh, yes. Uh,
5: oh, okay. Uh, large man.
0: Why isn't Andre the Giant in our designated survivor list?
5: Uh, he's a pacifist. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm. He's he's a uh, uh, oh, the worst type of person is a pacifist. He's a conscientious objector.
0: So he just yells a lot.
3: Yes, he yells. And he's, he's got a, a squeaky little mouse voice. He's not afraid to make his posse fight for him, though. That's true. That's true. Yes. He's he had,
0: Andre the Giant has a posse. Uh-huh.
3: Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, I would say
5: no. Well, they're only asking for four members of our crew. We could send some of the, um... We could send Andre the Giant. We could send Andre the Giant. Ha, 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 ha. He's a pacifist.
3: You're <laughs> screwed. Ha, 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 ha. Well, they, don't, they want the monkeys unharmed. He's not going to have to fight the monkeys. That's true. Oh, oh, oh yes. May- maybe fight it's... the monkey. I'm sorry?
5: Are you singing? <laughs> no, I had a <coughs> lump in my throat. Hmm.
0: That's going to come up in the, in the talent show mm, night. The right. open mic. Oh, We're going to make Dref I, sing. I don't
5: imagine it will. <laughs>
0: Uh, it, what if this is a super monkey ball situation where you just have to like <laughs> shoot the monkeys down and then they'll come back? Is that what super monkey ball is?
5: Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing of a uh, super monkey ball. No, in France and under the giant and <laughs> so many uh, nice, fun inventions. Uh, today. It's a
0: fun. It's a fun game I used to play uh, with sticks where we used to pretend that there was a monkey and we used to have to hit that monkey uh, down because it was it was too that monkey was too super.
5: And we just hit it. Oh, it makes logical sense to me.
3: Now, I'll be honest with you. I, too, thought this was a super monkey ball thing. But instead, I Googled <laughs> Monkey Island, <laughs> which is a different thing. When spit is not here, uh, the
5: decorum uh, goes to shit, as they say. You Googled it.
0: You yelled to our parrot
5: named Google. Oh, boy. Yes, that's a canonical thing as well.
3: Yes, our parrot, Google. And he he told me that Monkey Island is a game. You should with the parakeet. <laughs> <laughs> or you could always ask oh. Jeeves, our. Uh, toucan. I only talk to the parakeet when I want him to say dirty pornographic things to me. <laughs> talk about body. <laughs> if I said you had a nice
5: body, would you parakeet it against me? <laughs> I, I,
0: I prefer to read the br- things that we've written on our nets, you know, our Netscape. <laughs>
3: Oh boy! Oh, oh boy!
0: But what would? What about Monkey Island?
3: Oh, I don't know. It was just a different thing, and I'm not really sure which one of them it is. But I'm pretty sure it's one of the two of them. All oh, right, uh, I must agree. be one of the two.
0: Ah uh, well. Well, have fun and enjoy your terrible trials. We won't be seeing you soon. Yes, Goodbye, uh, Professor. We
5: we we uh your your ass is. F- Freaking cancelled, my dude. So uh, <laughs> you've since, been roasted.
3: Uh, 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 have a good summer, uh, hags on your ass. Uh, Kits. On this page of pearly white, I got so hungry I took a bite. I'll I'll, put, I'll write that on the return letter and rip the corner off. Oh. Oh. That's a reference to what?
0: To a uh, <laughs> his a yearbook. That's what assholes do to yearbooks. Oh!
4: Campaign Skyjacks is a one shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com, like Backstory. Backstory is a cozy, thoughtful interview show featuring the most fascinating folks in role playing. Join host Alex Roberts as she gets to know game designers, LARP rights, scholars, community organizers, and more. From emerging artists to seasoned veterans, guests open up about their creative process, what keeps them engaged, and their visions for the future of role-playing.
1: Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love, and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist! Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.
4: Janet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on main stage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore 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 or at Comedy Sports Chicago with the one woman no show. Travis Madigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. Dref Wormwood was played by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at J.P. So Fly on stage at I.O. with Devil's Daughter or on his podcast. Hey, Riddle Riddle. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at One Shot RPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C a s e y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, hero.
1: Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends, near rise, twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky. That's one.
0: That's one. was it a monkey ball thing it has to be some kind of video game or like Planet of the Apes